Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. When your actions don't follow your words, your words say nothing because your actions say everything. And that kind of that kind of ties into a quote I picked up years ago by Henry Ford saying that you don't establish a reputation by what you're going to do. And I think what, what I find with people is they can talk, 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 but your actions, if your actions contradict what you're saying, then how can I believe what you're saying? I, I'm going to believe what you're doing much more than what you're saying. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's Strength in the Number show. Now, you've just heard a short snippet from Carol Kern, and Carol is one of the people in finance and accounting who I most enjoy talking with and catching up with. You know, Carl is just so enthusiastic and constructive in his comments. He really embodies what is is good about being a mentor in finance. And given it's this special time of year, we recorded this around Christmas time. You know, Carl's got some fantastic insights gained from his immense experience in finance and accounting. And since I've known Carl, he tends to call these the current rules. So Carl has kindly condensed these down into 12 current rules of Christmas. And I refer to him as a bit of a Christmas cracker, where you've got the first rule and the last rule, the 12th rule, and, and they sort of embody all the really good bits inside, those sort of surprise gifts, those sort of presents you get inside if you were to pull the Christmas cracker, and they all sort of fall out. And I think there's something in there for everyone, and if you were to just take one of those gifts uh, into next year, into 2020, and start applying that and learning from that, I think you'd go on to have an awful lot more fun and more meaning within your finance and accounting career if you were to look back on it from a year's time and like in our usual conversations they can go on a good bit uh, our dinners tend to last for hours and our conversations well a very long time too so we've had to split this one up into two parts and what you get to hear on this one is part number one where we touch on about life and finance is all about priorities how changes to our priorities in finance and accounting have been changing over time and what that might look like going forward why it's important to maximize the positive and minimize the negative and not to look too far ahead because you'll miss what's actually close and right in front of you so if you enjoyed the episode you can check out our timestamp show notes key quotes resources ways to connect with carl and more at sitnshow.com and we really appreciate it when you recommend the show to colleagues and friends and they can subscribe on all the major platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube and Spotify. And given this is the festive season and a time for reflection as well, just want to say a big thanks to all our listeners for tuning into the show and your comments and your support. Uh, all your kind words really keep us going and producing this show. And just want to wish you all the best for the holidays and for the year ahead too. And again, we'd love to hear your stories of how you found some of the mentors helping you achieve your priorities and your goals and share those stories with others too. So that's enough for me. So over to Carl and the show.
Carl, welcome to the show. Thank you, Andrew. It's a pleasure to be here. And it's our pleasure to to have you on our show today, Carl, because uh, we met and we spoken previously. I enjoy our conversations and and I really enjoy what you share with the community on LinkedIn. However, some of our audience may not be as familiar with you. So would you maybe mind sharing a, a brief story of your journey in accounting and finance, please? Sure. Well, it started a number of years ago in private industry where I held a number of accounting related positions. And then about 15 years ago, I left private industry to start an accounting practice or more of a consulting practice where I basically have been serving as a troubleshooter for advisors to startups and middle market companies doing a whole host of things, mainly in the areas of financial planning financial planning and analysis, FB&A, and financial reporting. Well, not long after I left private industry, I began serving as an adjunct lecturer at a number of colleges, and I've been doing that uh, for some time. In fact, I'm finishing up the, the fall semester in about another week. And in addition to those two things, I've been contributing to a number of organizations with articles related to issues on accounting, finance, and FP&A. Yeah. And I, by the way, Carl, I, I love a lot of your articles, and I, I know some of our audience would be aware of them as well. Um, I, but, but you know what really impressed me is that when um, we had our conversations, is you threw out these current rules. And, uh, <laughs> yes. you know, in advance of this uh, podcast, I thought, you know, it would be pretty cool, wouldn't it, coming up to Christmas, which is when we're recording this. Is uh, as you know, maybe perhaps you know, develop your your list, and you came back with the twelve current rules of Christmas. So, how did you decide on on your list of twelve? Because you got some great insights out there. Well, the short answer, Andrew's life experience. Um, these rules that I came that just came up is just what I've experienced in my personal and professional life. It's a way for people to understand how I think whether it's current or prospective clients, whether it's students, whether it's my audience, I have a way of operating my, my life. And I use these rules as a way for people to understand more how I think about going through my life, whether it be as a troubleshooter for my, my consulting practice, whether it be my role as a lecturer, whether it be my articles, or I, how I'm going to interact with people on a personal level. Yeah, I, I, I suppose it's sort of in a sense. Would you say it's like a, a value system to help guide you? Is yes. That... Yes. Yeah, well, yeah that's, a, that's another way of, of putting it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah well, well, no, because I, 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 when I was reading it, I could definitely see those values running through the work that you've been putting out there. So, um, and I could, again, imagine probably similar based on our conversations previously, you know, with your students and with the, the, the companies and enterprises you've been troubleshooting. I, you know, I've definitely got a sense that they're, they're already flowing through it. So, I mean, how, how about we jump into the list? Why not? Let's, let's go for it. Yeah, so, so number one, life is about priorities. Yeah, this is just to me, Andrew, the core of my existence. One of the better compliments that I've received is being organized. It's all about establishing priorities. I basically go through each day with the one item that needs to get done and everything else follows it. And I've run into issues with people where 
they'll get involved in something else and their actions indicate that that's more important. That's fine. But the bottom line is whether you go through some sort of elaborate planning process or you just do it intuitively, what you do in life is going to be governed by priorities. And it's going to be judged at the end of the day whether your priorities were correct or incorrect. Yeah, I get that. I suppose um, I suppose in terms of you know, us finance and accounting professionals, those are priorities... Have they have they changed in your mind? Or if you were to look back over your career, have they changed? Are they broadly the same as what they were uh, when you started out? From what I've been seeing, Andrew, it just seems as if the more things change, the more they stay the same. I still see the issues of data quality, mm-hmm. the issues of ERP, the issues of wanting to be in with the latest. Uh, technology, hmm. the, the 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 interpersonal skills. To me, what I'm seeing in finance is what I've been seeing for quite some time, and that is a whole host of people, process, technology issues that are going to govern our role in organizations. Yeah, yeah, I I I agree. I just I just um, you know, just trying to think. Like I suppose, were those, I suppose. Does that make there's just probably new priorities or or they were always there? It was just we probably didn't have the pressure to do anything about them because this whole thing about interpersonal, I imagine that must have existed. Getting the numbers right now, it's getting the data right. It must have been there in some shape or form, probably, was it? Yeah, and, I, and what you're getting at with what you just said earlier, Andrew, with the numbers and the data right, from a broad stroke, it remains the same. And I'll talk about technology as an example. Technology has always been an issue in my professional life, but what has been changing has been the types of technology. Uh, 20 years ago, it was ERP. You had to have SAP. At the time, it was PeopleSoft. You had to have PeopleSoft. Now, it's people are looking more at artificial intelligence, looking at distributed ledger technology, looking at elements of AI like RPA, looking at elements of distributed ledger technology like blockchain. So the the specifics differ, but Mm. the broad, the general, still remains the same. Yeah, I, I that, that see that would hence I had to put fire those questions back at you as well because I was thinking that's what my sense was, you know, and and I think that's but that's a positive, right? There's a lot of priorities out there for our profession to go out and tackle, and oh. you know, and we're specializing as well. Like you've got you know FP and A, which is which has grown to more prominence. You've got business partnering, which is a, as a mindset shift that that's gaining prevalence. Um, yes, but go you say sorry. Yeah, and Andrew, what that gets back to is when we got together. A few months ago and Mm. you dropped that term of essential skills oh yes yes that i think the essential skills correspond Mm. to my first rule because the priority is what's essential and what i think Mm. andrew is going Mm. on with a lot of companies is they're trying to shove square pegs into round holes which obviously ties into current rule number 12 but Not all situations in all companies are the same. Some companies are going to have people issues. Other companies are going to have process issues. 
and yet other companies are going to have technology issues. So it's a matter of determining what's essential to get those three, one, two, or all three of those elements in line to move finance forward. And what I was just talking about is getting into, to an extent, my fourth rule, which is maximize, maximize the positive, minimize the negative. Well, actually, I like the way you lined that one up, Carl. It's like you... Um... You sort of, uh, you say, put put the start and end points there. So current rule number one and, and number twelve, because I think I think if I was to to read the rules together, they're like the 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 values or the approaches or the map or guidance you could take to get from one through to twelve on how to deal with these essential yes. elements or these priorities. So how about let's let's go go that one. I mean, um, let's start with number four then. Maximize the positive, minimize the negative. Well, where that really came about, Andrew, and this is something that I've been sharing with my with my students, is in private industry, performance appraisals would be annual. And the first year, I would get feedback on how good or bad I was doing. But the main takeaway from the first year's performance appraisal was identifying the weaknesses where I was not performing as well as in other areas. So year number two was the employment of this fourth rule. I would maximize the positive qualities in my work while at the same time minimizing the negative qualities because the one thing that people need to realize, and this gets back to my second rule, we're not going to be perfect. We are bred to be imperfect <laughs> beings. So all we can do is we can be better. And a way to be better is to maximize our strengths while minimizing our weaknesses. And again, what that came out to, Andrew, was my employment in private industry. First year was to get my feet wet. And that first year performance appraisal was so critical because the feedback from my bosses would tell me, this is where I was doing good. This is where I was going to need improvement. The second year was the employment of this rule. So then after the second performance appraisal, I basically had myself set for advancement. Mm -hmm. And pretty much what I was able to accomplish in private industry was to move upward in my third year. It was rare that it took me longer than three years to move up. Basically, two to three years, I got promoted. Yeah. And a, a major reason for that was this rule of maximizing the positive, minimizing the negative of my qualities. Yeah, I, I like that. But then again, I like how you laid out the 12, 12 rules, because even even if, if people sort of looked at one, I mean, we should look at them together, but even try to focus on one a day and I keep doing that maybe as we go in even to next year. I, I thought that your your third one was really excellent advice as well. To, 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 to get there, you know, not trying to be better than others, just trying to be better than yesterday. I think that's key, particularly in a, a day where social media is so prevalent and people can be distracted by the lives others are leaving that seem to be everyone out there is leading their best lives and it, it looks all wow, 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 you know, rather than us focusing on trying to be better than yesterday. Well, you know, the thing is, Andrew, when it comes to that rule, and I want to, and I want to get into this, when it talks about do not try to be better than others, People need to understand that the competition is not the people who are your mm -hmm. peers, colleagues, however you want to label yeah. them. It's yourself. Yeah. 
and the your peers, your colleagues are going to be operating in a, under a mindset that they want to get better. So the bar, if you use people as your bar, that bar is only going to is, is always going to be moving. The only bar that's not going to move is yesterday. That's that's mm. done. So with me, I go I look at the end of the day and I say to myself, well, what did I accomplish today that I that made me better than yesterday? And it's really not that hard. And what that does mentally is it gives you that level of satisfaction yeah. that you are moving forward. And that, to me, is the most important thing, because if you're trying to compete against others, Andrew, to me, that's that's a losing battle because 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 seriously, yeah. Andrew, because what you're operating under the notion is that everybody else around you is not doing things to better themselves. And that's foolish. Right. I don't think there's anybody out there who is just staying motionless. They are doing whatever they can to better themselves. So as I was saying earlier, that bar of betterment is always going to be moving. The bar that's not moving is what took place yesterday. So it's very easy to look at today, compare it to yesterday and say, yeah, I was better than yesterday. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And you know what, then there's another one of your rules then, Carla, I could think, think highlight that even better. It, it's, it's not about saying that we're going to do better. You know, it's your actions say everything. So that was number seven, you know? Oh, absolutely. Because one of the things that people need to to avoid is constant talking. <laughs> because you worse no, because I think people are gonna say they're gonna yeah, do this, yeah, they're gonna do, do this, yeah, they're gonna yeah. do this. But when your actions don't follow your words, your words say nothing because your actions say everything. And that kind of that kind of ties into a quote I picked up years ago by Henry Ford saying that you don't establish a reputation by what you're going to do. And I think what, what I find with people is they can talk, 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 but your actions, if your actions contradict what you're saying, then how can I believe what you're saying? I, I'm going to believe what you're doing much more than what you're saying that's i mean that's very important for for our profession you know that that people you know if, if we want to get that trusted advisor or that status of credibility if, if we're just talking about it you know that's not sustainable what's sustainable is is doing the right things and, and tying it back to your previous uh, rule about you know just trying to be better than yesterday that that will lead to continuous improvement over time i mean what what well, yeah, yes. in your mind carla you've probably seen this like why why would someone how do you say procrastinate from i don't know taking action just you know they talk the talk but don't walk the walk i suppose is what the colloquial term is andrew it gets back to the first mm -hmm. rule it's all it's all about priorities i think people for whatever reason I found want to do many things, and I'll I'll share this story with you because this happened in in this happened with me in private industry. I had a person working with me who would have fourth job tasks going at once. One of the tasks would be fifty percent done. The second one would be twenty five percent done. 
The third one would be 10% done. And the fourth one wasn't even started. <laughs> a lot of these tasks, Andrew, were in response to someone asking this person to do something. <laughs> so I was just watching this person trying to juggle four things at once. So I just said to this person, when someone comes to you with a request, respond with this question. How soon do you need an answer? Because this person would get a request on a Monday and the person asking wouldn't need an answer until Friday. So why folk, why be juggling that? Establish a lower pri level of priority for that and get the things done that need to get done. Because one thing I emphasize to this person is if you rush to do something, it's, it's more than likely you're going to make a mistake and you're going to have to start it over, which is one of the reasons for rule number mm. 11. This organization breeds unnecessary mistakes. Oh, oh, oh definitely. I, I Actually, I'm glad you went to 11 because I thought it was very close to as well as, as you know, when you start solving a problem, I think it was your number nine, the first place to look is the mirror because... You know, like to yourself, asking that question is a really a reflection of ourselves. I mean, that that's part of the system of getting organized. Andrew, can I share the story about how I came up with rule number? Oh, definitely, nine? please. Yeah, yeah. Well, this one happened in 2010 when I had a stretch of teaching at three schools during during one semester, and each roster at each school, I had difficulty getting assignments from students. And I was figuratively chasing students to get their assignments in so I can grade them accordingly. So once the semester finished up, I went through the syllabus and I'm looking at it and I'm saying, well, there's a very good reason why students did not feel obligated to hand in assignments when I was looking for them because there was no firm timeline. So what I found with the problem that I was experiencing, and that was receiving assignments from students in a timely manner, it was because I did not establish that timeline. Mm -hmm. So that's how I came up with this rule is that, well, there was a problem. Don't blame the students. Yeah. Blame me because I didn't establish the timeline. So that's why when it comes to rule number nine, and I'm even doing it now, Andrew, as it comes to my practice, mm -hmm. when it comes to attracting clients, well, the problem is not going to be with me, with them. It's the problem is going to be with me because for some reason, I'm not, I'm not promoting myself in a way that's connecting with yeah. people. So that's why when people look to do things. And especially, Andrew, with what we talked about a few months ago with essential skills, mm -hmm. the essential skills are going to come back to the individual. So look in the mirror to see what is essential in your toolbox, however you yeah. want to label that, before you want to move pro forward in solving problems, whether it be in your professional life or the companies that employ you. That's a great way of looking at it, Carl. And um, I was sort of, as you were describing the scenario, I, I, I felt a bit sort of relieved because I'm, you know, I wasn't the only one that, who had that, that, I would say, that challenge. 
um, you know, I think earlier in my career, I went round and I was sort of saying, well, why aren't people getting this? You know, why, you know, what, what, what does it take to get it across to them? And, I, and when you start looking at yourself in the mirror, it's actually the problem in terms of getting the message across is really with ourselves. You know, it's that person in the mirror. What are we not doing successfully to, to get that across? And I was wondering if that sort of feeds in a bit to, you know, rule number eight. You know, the child must walk before it runs and must crawl before it walks. Oh, no, that, I have another story <laughs> on that one, Andrew. This was a situation where I was employed before, at, this was in private industry. Before I was hired, this company was taking up to six weeks to close the books. So one of the reasons I was hired was to get that time period down much shorter. So I want to say the second week, I was employed with this company. There was an executive talking about all of these exotic metrics that this ex- that the executive wanted to see. I'm just saying to myself, you're asking the finance department to sprint, to be an Olympic sprinter. Let's get the child crawling first, and that's being able to close the books within a week. And I think that's the one thing, Andrew, that I'm getting as a significant takeaway from a lot of the discussions that we get involved in on LinkedIn is people are looking at AI, looking at DLT, and it's all fine and dandy, but they don't have the infrastructure in place to implement these technologies. And it's just going to make a bad situation worse. Get the fundamentals down, which is very simple. Have the start crawling, then start walking, and then start running. It's it's just a sequence. I I prefer the way you've described that, Carl. Like I I find myself saying it very often, and again to different people, because I think the message is clear on this one. Is it's get the fundamentals right. You get the fundamentals right, you earn the right then to progress to the next level. It's a bit like a computer game in that regard. But I I do I like your way yes. of looking at it much better, and it's. It's so important, particularly in these times of great change. You know, it's it's very easy to go chasing after the next big thing, um, but then we we lose that uh, what we do very well. You know, we must never forget. And I, I I I as much as people think it's very important to be commercial and have great business acumen and all of that, you know, you can't forget the role that we play in compliance and controls. And without that, you know, there wouldn't be much of a business. It would probably go out of business. So you know, that's our bread and butter. And especially, Andrew, companies in the United States that are publicly traded. The regulatory requirements of the SEC are going to continue, at least for the at least for the foreseeable future. Yep. Yep. So the regulatory has to be there. And that's fundamental. That has to stay. And that's why that sort of ties into the fourth rule of maximizing the mm-hmm. positive. The positive of the finance function is it's going to prevent SEC investigation. I mean, my goodness, I think you've seen my post over the last month or two about Under Armour, <laughs> what they've been going through. And, there, and there's more and more that comes out with this stuff. And fortunately or unfortunately, depending on one's point of view, our fundamental is still going to have some regulatory, especially those companies that are publicly traded. I completely agree. Completely agree. Although, you know, what might confuse some people listening is that there's that pressure to be strategic, more forward looking. But I like your rule number six, which says, you know, do not look too far. 
because you'll not see what is close. I wonder so many opportunities within touching distance of us. But I think we're probably guilty of looking too far, you know? That's the thing because, and this is one thing, unfortunately, I cannot do the visual for this podcast. I'll do this with my students, Andrew. I'm in a classroom. I explained that obviously you want to leave the room, but you got to look. So at there you have it. Hope you right enjoyed today's show. In order to if walk, you'd like to, to know more about our guests today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, the you can find all the relevant links oh, and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter, which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news, and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me, I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn, just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. And when all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers.